Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello everyone, this is Brian Courtney and welcome to Short Bus Debate Club. As always, Darren Jolly is across the table. Hello. And today we are going to cover the illusion of choice or choice in general. Um, just for shits and grins, I wanted the audio on this, but I don't have it. So I'm just going to read it to you. See if you can guess what movie this is from. <laughs> no, you know what never mind i'm i'm not even gonna try i was gonna try to sound like a fucking like growly raspy old man um but anyway the first matrix i designed was quite naturally perfect it was a work of art flawless sublime a triumph equaled only by its monumental failure the inevitable inevitability of its doom is as apparent to me now as consequence of the imperfection inherent in every human being thus i redesigned it based on your history to more accurately reflect the varying grotesqueries of your nature he was again frustrated by a failure um but they stumbled on a solution to make the matrix work um, whereby nearly 99% of all test subjects accepted the program as long as they were given a choice, even if they were only aware of the choice at a near unconscious level. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about, at least in, in my mind, and Darren may end up taking it in a different direction, I'm not sure, but We can go to a grocery store, and now grocery stores are no longer, you know, what they were in the 50s where it was just a, a local market. Now there are hundreds and, and thousands of items in every store. I mean, imported fruit, like star fruit and ugly fruit and that fucking nasty stuff uh stinky one you're talking about yeah they got the spiky shit all over it yeah that stuff is um, and it stinks and like i always history. forget the name of it I, I can't remember what it's called it smells like a dirty fucking diaper i just tell you that like leah would buy it while and durham yeah yeah or dur it dur, 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 dur something I can do it. It's the, it's nasty. It's yellow on the inside. It's brown. Yeah, spiky it's gross. On the outside, and no matter what, and it stinks worse as it's hit the air longer. It's like fermenting, kind of. Like, yeah, but I mean, not not oh, literally fermenting because when he says so that, so nasty. It, it's like from the the number one second where it hits the air, and then at the twelve minute point, and then again at like the thirty eight minute point. They uh, it's against the law to have that shit on a bus in the philippines dude why because, because it, it stinks, fucking so stinks so bad oh, that's funny um and it is durham durham yeah. okay 
that I wonder if, but you could have it on a bus in in Korea. Then I'm sure, because because kimchi is is equally putrid, like in terms of smell. And if you like kimchi, I don't know what to tell you. I I used to deal poker, and there was this guy. He's a night, you know, always a good tipper. He always tipped between three and five bucks in hands, but he would always sit in either the one seat or the ten seat, and he would fucking burp, and his burps were like ferment. It was like literally burping up a, like an eighty year old fermented fucking kimchi and it just was just yeah rancid so i'm sorry carry on no it's fine i was just thinking so since we're talking about produce you know a lot of people will say well i don't know where you're going with this brian but at least with produce we have a choice because there's local farms and all of this shit right so a farm here in colorado probably isn't going to ship their shit to new york if they've got cherries in New York, there's no reason to go through that. They got their own local cherry market, but fruit market. You know, once you hit a distributor with whatever product you've got, whether it's beef or lettuce, um, that distributor is going to move it elsewhere. So, for example, and here's the one that I think really kind of hits everybody um so there was a company called dean's foods and dean's foods basically they had the corner market on anything that had to do with the dairy milk sour cream cheese those fucking stupid dips that you buy that are pre-made the french onion dip and all of that stuff well dean's foods I don't know if they actually went under or if they just changed their name. What was the time frame? But now it's Dairy Farmers of America. So when when, when was Dean's? Dean's started, I think, back in the 50s. um, Down, they ended up being headquartered in Texas, but they bought, there was a company here in Colorado called White Wave Foods. And we also had Meadow Gold here in the mountain region. And Dean Foods bought both of those companies. Um, but now, like I said, it's Dairy Farmers of America. and they, they still use the name, though, it looks like. And Dairy Farmers of America is fucking everywhere. Like, So if you're in Pennsylvania and you think you're buying local milk um, from, you know, whoever... If you're buying at a grocery store, then more than likely that's coming from Dairy Farmers of America. Because I looked at their product list and it's it's huge. Ice cream, sour cream, oh well. They actually were butter. just that the acquisition was just in 2020. Like they went bankrupt in uh, they filed Chapter 11 in 2019 and then they ended up getting acquired by them. By okay. There. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, they're they were talking about the dips and everything here. So they they were quite a and in like, It was a huge company. Yeah. So now if they were acquired by, like I said, the Dairy Farmers of America, whatever the fuck that is, then it's a really huge company. And I mean, we could go through the list of stuff, but again, it's just it's milk, cheese, ice cream. 2016, butter. 2016 net sales for DFA was 13.5 billion. So representing 22% of the raw milk production in the United States. So they have a pretty good market share. Well, and that was in 2016 yeah, before they bought, they bought Dean's. Yeah. So 
it's it's huge. So that's just kind of an example of the fact that you know your milk is all coming from one company. Um, your sour cream is all coming from one company because if I had to guess, and it would be a guess, but you know the Piggly Wiggly and Kroger and Safeway. Um, if you're buying the store brand milk, it's coming from. Well, I know for a long time, Metal Gold did Kroger stuff here in the Mountain West. Um, so it's coming from Dairy Farmers of America. So again, you look at the the milk fridge and you think, oh, well, fuck, I've got all of these choices. I can buy this brand or this brand or this brand. I can even buy this fucking almond shit or this oat shit or whatever. And it's coming from one one company. So when, when people come into the post office and they, they pay with the credit card, right? They'll they'll put it in and uh they're they're like they go to hit the, the green, you know, but they're supposed For to the, they're, or they're but they're supposed to hit the red. Or, you know, so I start making fun of them and, and not like in a mean way, but I'm but I'm like because in the world that we live in, they're like, none of them work the same. That's what they say to me, right? And I, and I said, but this is how choice functions in the world we are, are in today. Is, is, is your rational choice is whether you get to hit the red button, the green button, or the yellow button when you're getting your credit. Yeah. And, they, you know, sometimes people just look at me like I'm speaking a different language. And then otherwise, people will occasionally laugh because they, the illusion of choice is so, you know, pervasive. But whenever they say something like that, they're full of shit. I mean, they all pretty much work the same way. No, they don't. Not exactly. Well, they're, they work Green the for way. credit. No. No? Not all of them. No, not at Walgreens. Ours was red for a long time. Ours just finally went to green, but it was oh. red for a long time. Well, it's green at Walgreens. No, it gets yellow. I promise you. Okay, whatever. I, unfortunately, because I live on a fucking machine like that, it was something that I started to pay attention to, you know, and... When I'd say that it's choice, if somebody was like a real astute consumer, you know, that's just kind of maybe like an oxymoron, but uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But uh, they'd say, oh, you have to hit the yellow at Walgreens. Oh, you have to hit the yellow at Walgreens. Oh, you have to hit the yellow at Walgreens. Well, so here's something that's kind of funny, too, is that, you know, now all of these people, you know, they're, what did you call them when we did one of the episodes, I think? it was the Ukraine episode or maybe the political correct one where you called them woke. All of these people are woke. Did I say woke? So now a lot of these people are buying this chocolate called Brookside and it's, you know, supposed to be the best cacao and it's, you know, sustainable and whatever. And then there's this other shit that's supposed to be all healthy too called lilies. Um, those are both made by, oh, fuck, I can't even remember now. But it's the same company. It, Yeah, the, I mean, so just to, to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, like Mars. Used to be called M and M Mars, yes. right? Now they're just Mars Incorporated. Why? They have several divisions, um, but they make pet food. 
they have diversified so much that they own pet hospitals, Banfield Veterinary Clinics, and uh, I think VCA are both owned by Mars. That kind of scares me because I don't want them to end up buying like people hospitals uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, the same company that sold me a Snicker bar is, you know, giving me my fucking coronary treatment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's where shit gets really funny, right? Because, because Mars knows they're like, they're like, if we leave this in there, then that's going to increase the artery clogging capabilities. You right. Know, I was afraid that you were saying that they were going to treat you like a cat at the hospital, but no, you're not, you're not concerned about getting treated like a cat. You're concerned about this one branch of a corporate position feeding into the negative consequences of the product that they're selling you. Well, because so obviously over the past, I don't know, call it 30 years, everybody started to be much more pet centric, right? Everybody is crazy about their pets. They take them to pet daycare, you know, they buy them all of the best food. They, they do all of this stuff. So, and if they're like an emotional health pet, then they can go wherever they want to go with you. They were making a lot of money off of pet food. And then they said, fuck it. You know what? Let's get into veterinary care. So, I mean, and I don't know who would stop them from buying a hospital or, or branching out into, you know, Mars Health Incorporated. Uh-huh. But I nobody stopped them from doing the vet shit. So, and maybe it's a leap. I don't know. Um, well, but the point, the, it doesn't matter whether it's a leap or not. The point is the point that you have these, these gradual trends. They move from one one to another and if it makes sense because they've already got like a relative uh notion of uh comprehension that would make them like like proficient in being able to bring this other part this other arm of that market into the the greater corporate whole then why not so it was it was banfield Mm -hmm. and it was vca so those uh uh the big fucking they're open 24 hours. I think it's a blue logo. Um, I know you guys have seen PCA. Um, so, but that, I mean, they make a shitload of pet food and pet snacks and everything else. And then they make, of course, all of the candy and gum that, that you're probably used to. So just Mars, I mean, takes probably 500 of the products out of the thousands that are available. So now you're just dealing with two companies, right? Farmer Dairy Farmers of America and Mars. And that takes up a big chunk of whatever you're buying at the store. So do we really have a choice anymore? I mean, because Unilever is there, Procter & Gamble is there. And then if you put Coke and Pepsi in, you're looking at the entire fucking store. Yeah. Uh, well, and so, like the, the one of the sort of like preconditions for capitalism is is a concept of competition, right? Competition where you have multiple people that are coming in that would provide you with this space. I mean, but in today's world, our tendency is so like somebody creates a really good new candy bar, you know. 
are you going to, do you want, do you really want to make that company and just build on that and become, you know, giant, 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 or are you just going to, you got it to where it's worth, you know, uh, $16 million for Mars to buy you out or something like that. Or you really had some pretty incredible other ideas that were connecting to it where it was this and that, and, you know, some of the, the products that created it, you know, so it turns into a hundred million dollars. Nobody in the world, it's just like, uh, what's the dipshit from, uh, um, not Dell, um, Microsoft, uh, Bill Gates. Yeah. Bill Gates. Yeah. He's, he's got a very forgettable face. So, <laughs> but, um, anytime, anything that would be competitive in terms of a development in terms of software, hardware, anything that would connect to what it is that Microsoft does, what do they do? They fucking buy it, you know? Or they sue them. Yeah, buy it, sue them. But they they take it, they, they forcibly move them out of the marketplace so that they can essentially, there's an argument that, uh, and I got into a disagreement with uh, one of the kids in my APT uh, group, and unfortunately he's wrong and I'm right. But uh, uh, the idea is, he, he still wants to talk about this in like a typical like uh, the way that uh, monopoly powers or monopoly slash oligopoly powers and cartels and all that stuff were being talked about and thought about uh, at the end of the, the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th century. Um, but uh, this is just not the way that we, we can or have the ability to think about the ways in which uh, these gigantic firms are reproducing the conditions for them to continue to main to be masters of the fucking universe. And one of the things there's a guy that uh, that I um, read and listen to a fair amount, and he's kind of a smug European uh, bastard. Why the fuck am I having a blank about him right now? Uh, Greek academic. Come on, Darren, talk for a second, Brian, while I'm trying to remember this guy's name. I don't know exactly what you want me to talk about. Um, just talk about. I about. I will just talk about Mars and and Hershey's again. Um, so what you're essentially talking about all of these companies on a global scale, right? So here's something. What? Giannis Varoufakis was the name that I was trying to think of. Okay. So just really quickly. Um, Giannis said there are instances where the way that the system is reproducing itself is not like capitalism anymore. He actually says that, that, that like the way that um, uh, particularly we're relating to tech, um, especially like if you're going to use Microsoft, you have to continue to, uh, to stay in that, that, that firm's position. So you're essentially what you're in your hardware gets bad, but that's the language you're familiar, familiar with. So you're not going to shift over to Apple and go get yourself a MacBook or something like that. You stay with Microsoft. You stay with, you know, Microsoft Word, uh, you know, Edge, all the various different things that Microsoft produces. So ultimately, it turns into a red tier position, which is sort of like feudal, a lot more like feudalism than it is like capitalism. And this is where, like, I don't even know. I don't want to get too deep. So now we now. can start talking about samurai again, dude. What, why? Because of feudalism. Oh, okay. It's a feudal lord. You, you want to talk about samurai? <laughs> but this is like in these moments where there's no, I mean, or competition is is managed, I guess, on a certain level. You know, like what 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 did Matt Damon say in Rounders? You know, you don't see sharks going around eating each other. You know. So we just are 
you know, at the trough feeding on what these giant corporations you know, feed us. Yeah. And, and they do feed us. I mean, whatever. So one of the other things I was thinking about when you go to like a convenience store and you look at the water door mm-hmm. and I used to travel around the United States for work a lot. Uh-huh. And it was funny, no matter which bottle of water I chose for the most part, it was always Nestle water. Yeah. Um, and the, they were huge. I mean, they had like 27 different kinds of water or something. And, over in Europe, it's a different kind of water. But, I mean, they just had all of this water. So I'm doing the research and trying to figure it out so that I can talk about it on this show. And I saw this thing that Nestle Waters was being sued by somebody in California because they were taking more acre feet than they were supposed to out of the aquifer. Um, because they were using some fucking deeded right that was given to somebody back in like 1930 something but the deed was no good you know so they're they're suing nestle to say give us our water back or the equivalent worth um were they doing that like horizontal drilling shit too like to to get it out i don't know i i didn't read that much into the lawsuit but what happened the following year is Nestle Waters spun off and created this thing called Triton Waters. And so now Nestle Waters doesn't fucking exist, but Triton Waters did all of the same. They do Poland Springs and Arrowhead and Pure Life and all of the waters. Pure Life? Pure Vida. Oh, yeah, it is <laughs> Pure Vida. Um, all of the different water that Nestle did is now Triton. So again, you know, once they get sued or things start going bad and you know, there's chapter 11 bankruptcy is restructuring. So we're just going to restructure. We're going to call ourselves dairy farmers of America instead of Dean's foods. And it fixes the whole problem. We're not paying any of our debtors back. And now we can sell $27 $27 billion worth of milk a year or $27 billion worth of water. Well, when I listened to you explain that, like I really got this very warm feeling inside that these, <laughs> these companies are really good faith actors. They really yeah. have the best interest of all of us in, in mind when they change their name and run away and don't pay the debts that they owe the people that they owe them to. Dude, this entire episode is just supposed to give everybody a warm feeling. I mean, seriously. Are are you feeling warm right now, everybody? I'm feeling warm. (laughs) The warm and fuzzies. So, you know, obviously we don't have as much choice as we thought when we go to the grocery store or whatever. But that just goes into everything that our life touches on a daily basis. So, you were talking about the tech stuff yesterday. Um, and I didn't look into Facebook because Facebook owns a ton of shit and, you know, obviously Google owns a ton of stuff, but I did look at Amazon because Amazon has purchased some stuff that really, truly impacted my life on a daily basis. You know, they purchased Goodreads almost immediately. Um, they purchased IMDb 
Um, and those are both websites that I use frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah. They ended up buying Whole Foods. Um, but they bought MGM. Did they really? Fucking A, dude. I was wondering because I saw all of these movies start popping up on Prime. And I was like, how did they get all of these movies? Because a lot of them had been pulled off of Netflix or HBO or whatever. And now all of a sudden they're on Amazon. Well, the purchase just went through fairly recently, but they bought MGM. So now Amazon owns probably one of the most prestigious names in media or, or entertainment. I mean, and casinos, I mean, and well, I think they just bought the media part. That was it. Um, I would have to double check, but it didn't mention any of the casinos or anything. So I think they were just buying the movie rights. Um, And I think that they were buying the studio because now they've got more access to actors and whatever um, to make their, whatever they call them, prime only movies or, you know, Amazon only video, $8.5 billion. And it says... Yeah, it just says MGM, so maybe it is the casinos and everything. Because I mean, I I don't bet online a ton, you know, for for sports betting, but that's where I've been doing my sports betting was on MGM. Like, so everything that I'm reading just makes it sound like it's just media. That's what it, that is what it looks like, and even when that they. Like there's one thing I'm looking at here where they go down and they, uh, they're talking about big media mergers. They're talking about AT&T buying Time Warner, Warner, Disney buying Fox, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, Warner Media buying Discovery, Comcast Sky, Take Two Zigna, CBS Viacom, Discovery Scripts Network, uh, Sinclair Fox Sports Network. So yeah, it, it, I think you're right. I think it is just the, uh, the media side of it. And, and be, I mean, that would make sense. I mean, for, I don't know that. The, I mean, I thought it was weird that they bought Whole Foods, although they used Whole Foods as a sort of like a pivot for a number of different things. The same kind of thing with Kohl's. Do they own Kohl's or they just? I don't know. Well, I didn't even. The only reason why I asked is because so like when people do returns for Amazon. Oh, yeah, I know. You can take I it directly to Kohl's, to Kohl's. or, or to, to uh, Whole Foods. But I knew that that was, you know, they were using Whole Foods as a pivot, you know. Because it was a uh, it was a it was a network that was of uh, brick and mortar positions that could connect to their, you know, connect them to their uh, their returns and shipping and all that kind of shit. Well, it also helped with their grocery store shit. That's so fucking weird, dude. Um, you know, Amazon Prime, you can buy your Whole Foods stuff and get it delivered within two hours. Um, but yeah, I mean, they own a shitload of stuff. And, like, I was looking at this big spreadsheet that showed everything that they owned, and they had kind of broken it down into this. So they bought some company that does autonomous vehicles. They bought some company that does drones, you know. So obviously they're still working on 
how to deliver their prime shit more effectively and quicker without having to pay people yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they also showed like the technology side and they showed a lot of their purchases, but you know, a lot of it was just the cloud stuff that Amazon has developed on their own, the Amazon web service services stuff. Um, but they own, they own a ton of shit, I mean, it's like hard to even, and so one of the arguments that Lennon and those guys were making, uh, uh, Rudolf Hilferding, uh, Rosa Luxemburg, that the early part of the 20th century, the big, the big Marxists, right, is that there was this sort of tendency towards centralization, right, which is the same thing that Marx had said as well, but I don't think anybody... I don't think anybody could have even imagined what what it was looking like right now because the tendency towards centralization like and that's why i like the people that i write like academically like william robinson because this is not imperialism writ large this is when you look at a company like amazon that's connecting this is not when i hear people talking about you know just deal with u.s citizens or like this is a fantasy world there there is no longer for when you have institutions like Amazon functioning on this level, you know, and of course Amazon hasn't penetrated China, like, you know, but uh, they penetrated a lot of other, you know, spaces and markets. And there are several other firms, you know, that have penetrated these spaces on such a complete level that you cannot think about things in terms of countries alone. You countries aren't disappearing but they're not disappearing but here's the scary thing and i think this might be what you're alluding to in a very slow slow fashion fuck you motherfucker <laughs> 8.5 billion dollars they spent on mgm and i haven't looked at what they did to finance it but to be perfectly honest Amazon could have just cut a check, dude. Yeah, that's like a wet fart. I mean, right. it's nothing, you know? I mean, Jeff Bezos may have been able to cut a check for half of it. Um, what, 200? Billion? I think that was what he was up to. I, I know a lot of people took a big hit over the course of the last three or four months. Either so. way, I mean, that's that's fine. But I'm I'm saying that, like... That is greater than the GDP of Rwanda yeah, for sure. It's, it's like, it's so, it's like not even, like when you try to put your, your head around it, it's just not even. You know, even El Salvador with their Bitcoin beach and all of that shit. I mean, $8.5 billion, that buys that country out. I mean, you own everything their mines. Bought. People, bought. Game. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's just the whole deal. Well, I mean, how do you roll? I mean, so like, I mean, part of the reason why you bring this up is because of the illusion of choice, right? But on some level or, or another, I mean, we would like to believe that we had real choices at some point in time, or we might be able to facilitate something that would allow for us to have real choices at some point in time. So here's the thing, is we still have the choice, you know, we can buy Tide or we can buy Gain. 
And they both have They're both manufactured by the same fucking company. And so is Downey and Bounce and all of that shit. It's all Procter and Gamble. But we do have a choice, at least enough to where we can say, well, at least there was the illusion of choice. So that means the matrix can go on. Um, but if all of that money is going to Amazon, Procter and Gamble, Unilever, PepsiCo, Coca-Cola, Mars, and the farmer, dairy farmers of America, then we don't really have a choice because all we're doing is financing. Like for all of those people that get all fucking fired up and they're like, these people support Russia, so we're not going to buy their product anymore. Boycott Tide. And I'm not saying that Tide or Procter & Gamble have anything to do with Russia. He's just giving an it's example, an example. A theoretical example. We're going to boycott Tide. And so then they go and buy fucking Downey and, and yeah, Bounce. You're buying the same thing. They're still putting that same money into that same company that they were supposed to be boycotting. So, again, it's just an illusion so that, that, that of takes choice. Me back to the, the question then, right? I mean, is there a way? Because it's not just it's not just these companies per se. You know, it's the money that's behind them in gigantic, you know, the, the, the gigantic financial institutions. I mean, they're all in lockstep with one another. There is not any possibility. Like, and again, like, we, I mean, you could transfer this. You mean like IMF, those... No, organizations? I, mean, I mean like the big banks. I mean like Deutsche okay. Bank and uh, Goldman Sachs. Sachs. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. All, you know, the TV, two, two big to fail guys. The guys that had, you know, a trillion dollars handed to them after two, the, the shit that they fucking did to us in 2007. And all these people lost their houses and probably should have gone down. That's when the real January 6th moment probably should have happened. Yeah, that would it would have made more sense. Like, because there were a lot of people. But I don't think it should have been a moment where they stormed the White House. I think we should have been hanging those fucking bankers and putting their head on a fucking pike, dude. Which is what Occupy Wall Street was saying, but they're a bunch of fucking pacifists, you know? Well, and they... There was never a clear and concise message coming from any one of them, dude. I know. I tried to talk to so many, and obviously Occupy Wall Street in Denver was a different thing than Occupy Wall Street in New York, but the Occupy Wall Street people here, they were just pissed off because they were poor. That's all. And they didn't... I, I know there was more. a lot of people that were, yeah, they, I mean, there was one kid that I know, he, he, but he was an anarchist and nobody wanted a leader, you know? Well, there were or several of them. For that there time. were several of them that came into Greenfields all the time, dude. And they would try to talk me into going to their meeting and, you know, doing this and that. And we're changing the fucking world. You're not changing the world. It, it's the just pool, not happening. Pool? Greenfields, yeah, where we used to play poker and drink, and that girl said she thought I was a Jew, and I said because of my skin yarmulke, and she said I didn't even know you had a skin yarmulke. <laughs> yeah, that one. I actually remember that. We were outside, right? <laughs> on the patio? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know you had a skin yarmulke. Yarmulke? Yarmulke. Um, yeah, so, I mean... Yeah, they didn't have any the, practical... 
No. If, I would argue with them about this all the time. And you know what the funny thing is? is They're all turning into Marxists, but they're still Marxists that want to be feel good. If know? they could have whittled it down to maybe five things. But again, like you said, they didn't want any leadership. And I never witnessed it myself, but they talked about the stuff that they would do. And that show... Um, the newsroom, newsroom talked yeah. about it too, that where the they just sat around and you had to do a certain hand sign if you wanted to talk or some shit, or you had to be holding the flute. Which was so fucking, or, so, so fucking snotty and provincial. Like that shit just, just irritates the fuck out of me. Pretentious shit. Yeah. yeah, they were not. They weren't going to be winning anyone over. With the way that they went about doing that. But it still would have made more sense to me if they would have done it during that time period. Because a lot of people lost their houses. A lot of people felt a lot of pain. Now, of course, like... Well, cars, you, jobs... you ever watch The Big Short? You no, gotta, you I still haven't that seen that fucking it. movie. But they... So, like, uh, who's the goofy guy that was on The Office? The big nose guy? Um, the, the main guy? A 40-year-old virgin? Steve Carell. Steve Carell, right? So Steve Carell, he's like, a, he's a hedge fund guy. I didn't like The Office. I liked the British version of The Office. I did never watch it. I just knew that Steve Carell was on the show. Oh, okay. So I never watched. Somebody, like, a hundred people have told me I look like somebody on The Office, and I've looked at the person. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't see it. But Steve Carell, he he manages a, a hedge fund, right? And this guy comes to him and says, uh, uh, the guy that's in uh, Blade Runner 2046, whatever. Um, Ryan Gosling? Yes, Ryan Gosling comes to him and he says, he says, he basically explained how the AAA rated, uh, that it was all bullshit, right? And he had a Jenga thing and made it fall down. And Steve Carell's like, I, I, I don't believe you, but what you're saying makes enough sense that I'm going to go do some research and then we'll, we'll talk to you about it after that. So they go down to this thing in Florida and, uh, they they're driving around these neighborhoods rich neighborhoods where like 70 percent of the houses are for sale right and nobody can fucking sell their houses and they go talk to these guys who are um real estate brokers and they're making money hand over fist because people are buying multiple houses but they're not looking at you know you know what was going on they weren't looking at their their income they weren't looking at their debt they weren't looking at anything and everybody was signing these loans or they were and they were just charging them more interest expecting them that they were going to crash well they put them on the adjustable rate mortgage ones you know and they end up going to this uh uh this stripper and start talking to her and they're like do you not understand that this loan that you got at 5.9 percent could be 29 percent next year and she's like that would bury me on, on on all five of my loans he's, and i'm no to... longer gonna be able to go to medical school from <laughs> dancing he says you have five loans on one house no and she says no i own five houses so whatever the fuck was going on back then like when it went down there were some people that that deserved to get punished so if you are making between 60 and eighty thousand dollars a year in 2006 and you are having somebody hand you the keys to five different houses, something's rotten in the state of Denmark. You should be a little smarter than that. You're burying yourself for sure, you know? So in that in that instance, those people I don't feel bad for. But when 
people didn't understand the complexity of their adjustable rate mortgages. When they changed their mortgages, maybe they, they went and refinanced their house at 3.9% and didn't understand what they were doing, you know, because they were not being educated properly. And I understand if you're a consumer, you're supposed to educate yourself to some, to some extent, but if a bank is a good faith actor, they should be selling you a good product. You know? Well, and that truth in lending thing is supposed to explain a lot of that shit. But see, what happens is that a lot of people do what everybody does, like the end user license agreement on software. You know, when you pull it up and it says, please read our end user agreement, everybody just goes, Click. Because, I agree to turn. Yeah, I'm not a fucking lawyer, <laughs> and it's 432 pages long. Who the fuck yeah, reads it? I'm good. Know? I'm good. Um, so a lot of it is their fault to some degree, but I mean a lot of it because of the fact that they were backing all of these loans that they knew were gonna go bad. Um. I mean, because you were you were hedging your bets, right? So you had these that you knew were good. You had these that you maybe had a 50-50 shot. And these were guaranteed to go down the shitter. And they put most of their money on these. Um, because those others were like a standard return, but they could make a shit ton of money off of these that they knew were going to go bad. I've got a problem with that. I think everybody did after it happened. Well, we weren't, again, we, we didn't, we did not read the end user agreement. We did not understand. The right. We don't understand big finance. I mean, I, I, now I need fucking Michael Lewis to explain it to me in the movie, the big short, just so I can see it and be like, Oh, Okay. I'm pretty fucking dumb, you know? These motherfuckers are smarter than I am by leaps and bounds, and they were going to make money no matter which way it fell. Well, luckily, I was smart enough, like, when I... Because I did take out a second mortgage. And when they called and said, well, you're going to owe us that money even at the house sales. And I was like, no, stupid. I uh, used the house as collateral, which means no house, no loan. It's... Your fault that you're in second position, not mine. <laughs> um, but whatever. <laughs> so, and I did lose my house, but I'm not blaming it on anybody but myself. But it would have been interesting to see if people would have been. I mean, that's why that shit that happened two years ago is, is fantasy land. I mean, those guys were just a bunch of fucking goofballs. They really may have been frustrated about a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but back then some people took a drubbing yeah but and i don't know if this is the one choice or the not very many choices thing again but like okay so again darren is gonna say i told you writing letters doesn't do any good but i wrote letters to my senators and my my reps and I told them that this bailout is bullshit. I said, why would you give these banks all of this money when if you gave, you know, every citizen who was about to lose their yeah, car bail, bail or the lose or their house yeah. or whatever, you know, give them Fifteen twenty thousand dollars a piece, so maybe they can save their house and their car. They can continue to go to work. 
continue to pay taxes and give you money so that the next time you guys want to pull some dipshit move and bail out a huge fucking company that doesn't deserve to be bailed out anyway, then you can do that. And of course I didn't get a fucking response or maybe I got a cover letter from one of them saying, thank you for contacting us. You know, it's, it's important to know that the voters are behind us in this time of need, some horse shit. I, I don't know. That's that, that's that warm feeling again, folks. We just want to make sure that you have, while you're losing your house and you're losing your car and you're, you're the recipient at a donkey show, uh, you're feeling real nice about it. But really though, when it comes to choice, especially with something like a home mortgage, unless you were in an extremely rare situation and maybe rare isn't the right word. Cause now, you know, people are selling their houses in California for $4 million and then they're coming here and there's a house for eight. So they're just like, okay, fuck it. I'll pay cash. Um, so they don't need to get financed. But at one time, at least here in Colorado, and probably the majority of the United States, people had to be financed on their house. And when you're doing that, we're back to the not really having a choice yeah. thing again. Unless your credit is, you know, you got a an 800 credit score and you've got 20% down, then you don't get to pick your bank. You know, somebody, you a mortgage originator, starts the process, runs your credit, and then hands a packet off to multiple lending institutions to see which one bites. You, you, you just take what you, ultimately you take what you can get. Yeah. And you might have some, like a couple of like, uh, uh, attributes to your situation that might benefit you a little bit like being a uh, vet or being a first-time buyer but even still uh, your position is going to be very precarious you're going to you're going to take what it is that they it is and you are going to take what they offer but see again we're back to the choice thing because that person that gave you the loan and and did the underwriting on it isn't the person that's going to keep and manage your loan. They're going to sell it, it to Wells Fargo or fucking Goldman Sachs or whoever. So now we're back to those three fucking banks that pissed us off to begin with that you didn't want to do business with. And now all of a sudden you, you have to don't have a choice. Yeah. Very, it's very weird. That's why, I mean, that's like before we started, that was why I was starting to think about the glass Steagall stuff and the, when they came, when it came to the point where like they they coming out of the ni- the nineteen twenties, there was a very clear reason why they separated commercial banks from investment banks. Absolutely, so that you could keep speculation out of a, a person's home, you know, their safe spaces. And now we're right back where we were, you know, and all the fucking derivative fucking bullshit that they were doing in uh, you know the early two thousands. Now there are other things that they're doing that are just uh, arose by any other name is still arose. You know, it's 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 something else, but it's still something that is going to create a bubble. Is going to and some very specific people that are not at the top of the food chain are going to get fucked. If it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. 
that motherfucker's a duck. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, choices. I, I always go back to movies. Are you going to quack? No. Oh. <laughs> I always go back to movies. That's my special lady friend. But Wall Street, you know, Michael Douglas went to jail yeah. in the first one. Greed, for lack of a In the word. second That's one, good. he said, I got sent to jail. He didn't say in the first movie, but I got sent to jail for doing that shit. And now I've got carte blanche. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Because the second movie with that fucking idiot who dug holes um, and was in Transformers. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I try not to remember his name. I, I know who you're talking um, about, though. He came back and said, you know, you guys basically got rid of all of the, the laws that made it to where I couldn't make any money and went to jail. And now I've got carte blanche to make as much fucking money as I want. And I'm not breaking the law anymore. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. LaBeouf. Which, isn't that beef in fucking French? Shahi the beef. <laughs> Where's La <Boop? laughs> Where's La Boop? He's not I, one of my favorite actors. Um, but, like I said, all I remember is that he dug holes and was in Transformers. Oh, no, he was in another shitty movie where he played, like, a fucking... Magazine salesperson yeah. that went door to door. I, I don't know about that. All I know is that that dude would have never gotten into Megan Fox's panties, not in a million fucking years. Maybe. I'm, I don't know. I'm taking the over. I've, I've never met her. She might be extremely friendly. <laughs> You're saying that she might be a slut too? No. <laughs> Just friendly, like. Come on, dude! You don't have to be PC. <laughs> we talked about this before. No. Being identified as a slut <laughs> is not necessarily bad in and of itself. I'm not afraid to use the word slut about Ooh. yourself. Or uh, no, about just anybody in general. I think more people need to use it. My thing is Brian's when I slut back. when I said friendly is that like even if a girl is a slut. If she's not friendly, you're never going to know. Because if you come up and say hi and she says fuck you, then you're not going to know if she was a slut. Because she wasn't friendly. Is this really an explanation? Yeah, it was. If you can't get past the hello stage, then you're not getting in the... Well, then if you're mean, you're not a very good slut. Maybe Okay, maybe. I don't know. I just maybe knew some different sluts. <laughs> this is a, this might be degenerating a little bit right now. So, so that goes back to choice also. Sluts? Yes. Because they have a choice. We have a choice. Well, we're not talking about commodities when we're talking about sluts. This other stuff, we're generally speaking, talking about concept of choice in the marketplace for the most part. Yeah. Right? Does that go back to prostitution? No, because it's not legal. Okay, that's fine. 
I'm, I'm with you. So if we had to boil this down and summarize this entire fucking thing, I know what I would say about it. And that is that there are like fucking five companies that basically guide our fucking way through shit. And we think we chose that, but all probability is that we didn't. Well, I mean, the the choices are constructed for us, generally speaking. Like, uh, there was one thing that you kind of alluded to earlier where um, you could purchase this thing that was environmentally conscious and you knew it came with, like, so you, you get this coffee and it came out of the rainforest to Colombia and uh, 1% of the the profits were going to go back to the people that was, you know, and to make sure that the, the, the coffee that's being taken out of there, that we're taking care of the rainforest while we're massively over farming coffee inside of it um that was when people started to be like the planet is dying you know you right. needed to create that that sort of capitalism for you know green, that green, green shit. capitalism. Yeah, yeah where you stamp sustainability on the label and now all of a sudden everybody's like hey these guys are fucking great i don't feel guilty anymore who gives a shit if they burn down a fucking mountain it's just sustainable on the label Okay. Or organic, or all of these different categories yeah. exist for the sake of trying to assuage people's guilt in relation to uh, the ways in which we uh, exist in a permanent state of absolute contradictions. So you're saying the choice is made by labeling? No, no, no. There's. No I, I mean, in the, the the facade of choice is made. So, like it. it so, like, say, that there's a social consciousness that exists inside of a society, right? Uh, if people get mad because uh, the police choke a black man to death over the course of eight minutes and whatever, you know, seconds, you're going to create a bunch of things that make it look like we're concerned about your, your products are going to be marketed to, right. to, we're, to be sensitive to. We the, hire black the plight, people. Yeah, in the plight of, We've yeah. got a big diversity thing going on. Yeah. We don't donate to the police. There was this really fucking hilarious... Because they choke black people? There was this really hilarious uh, CIA recruiter uh, commercial that I saw where there was this... There's this I'm, I'm a gay Latina, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the CIA hired me, and I do undercover work. And they are so inclusive of everybody who's different from one another. That was a real thing, yes, or it was dude, on the onion. No, they played it. No, they played it on uh, breaking points. Like, like they kept playing it over and over again because it was so fucking obnoxious, dude. That you like had to be like, it wasn't just on that. They played it on useful idiots with Katie Halper, and I think that uh, Matt Taibbi was still on there. Um, uh, uh, the other guy, Aaron Mate. Shia LaBeouf hadn't hadn't got on there yet, so but yeah, dude, because it was so because it was such a, I mean, it was like the woke CIA recruiter like commercial, like when you listen to it, like honestly, like if it was the first time and I'd been taking a big drink of coffee, it had gone right out my nose. We've we've gone way too fucking far with that shit. It's it's out of control, and don't get me wrong, I think if you're a fucking gay Latina, whatever, you should be able to work for the CIA. But you you should understand that they're only using you and your diversity as a way to you know gain gain access to other sorts of spaces that these uh, institutions would not otherwise have access to. So again, I always move things back to movies. 
It's just because I watch a lot of fucking movies. We our Wednesdays sort of like demonstrate that a lot. In the line of fire. I haven't seen that for a really long time. Clint Eastwood, Rene Russo, John Malkovich. Oh, that's right. He makes the plastic gun. He uses the plastic gun that he puts together. Is that really what happens? No. Um, Clint Eastwood is sitting on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, and he's talking to Rene Russo, and he says, "Look." You're here as window dressing. He says, what? I mean, out of how many ever agents we've got, 16% are female or whatever, and now you're guarding the president or whatever. He says, you're just, you're window dressing. Don't take offense to that, but that's what you are. You're window dressing. You're here for optics. And she's like, well, what? demographic do you serve and he's like no jazz piano players over 60 (laughs) it's just really cheesy but i mean he said that and that movie is from what 1994 yeah somewhere right around there yeah did you watch gran torino yeah love that fucking awesome but that that is dude he's not afraid to just come right out of the woke you know he, he's he's not uh you know that kid that he's making fun of when he's like yeah shut up you pussy yeah get away from her that's his son really that's fucking scott eastwood pretty good yes 93 was when in the line of fire came out i told you i always go back to movies and that's one that i watch a lot dude really i like that movie I don't know why. Maybe it's the plastic gun. Maybe it's the window dressing thing. I mean, there, there's a lot going on did in he, that movie. Did he direct that one? I don't know. Every time there's a fucking Clint Eastwood movie, you're like, did he direct that? He directs everything. He did. Wolfgang Peterson <laughs> directed that. Wolfgang. And he just died on the 12th of uh, August this last year. Clint Eastwood died? No. The guy that directed it. Oh. Wolfgang Peterson. I don't even know who the fuck that is. Uh, he directed Air Force One, which you uh, referred to last Huge week. Fan. Yep. Huge fan of Air Force One. He directed Outbreak. Get off of my also, plane! We talked about Outbreak yes. recently. Uh, Enemy Mind, did you ever see that one? I like that movie. Uh, it's... <laughs> I don't know if I like that movie. Louis, Louis Gossett Jr. and Dennis Quaid. Yeah. I like his brother better, Randy Quaid. Dude, he directed The NeverEnding Story. Clint Eastwood? No, the fucking Wolfgang <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> such an ass clown. <laughs> Clint Eastwood's an old motherfucker, dude. He, he is. He's like fucking 92, I think. Yeah, he, he turns 93 this year. How the? Where did you pull that out of, dude? Right out of your ass, dude. May 31st, he turns 93. Holy fuck. Yeah, Gran Torino is one of the funniest fucking movies. And just like brilliant, like, you know, I mean, he just talks so much shit to that poor kid and, and his sister. And like, what great ending, really good ending. And what he does for that kid, I mean, throughout the entire movie is fucking awesome. But at the end, he goes the whole way, dude. He does, man. He does. It's not beautiful. And I mean... 
when people want to get so hell-bent on the way that something's said and uh, the difference between uh, saying the right words and showing people, like, concrete affection, like, true affection. Like, he loved that that girl next door, like a father, you know? Like, and and that that boy, I mean, fucking awesome movie. Dude. Well, the whole family, yeah. even the mean even grandma, the grandma that yeah. spit on the dog. Ended up with the dog, right? Yeah. And that's where the dog went after, at the end. Well, he was in the Grand Torino with the kid at the end. Oh, that's right. But the dog's going to end up with Grandma. Yeah, because she ran the spit down. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great movie. But Clint Eastwood does not do a bad movie. I mean, the spaghetti westerns weren't great. Pale Rider was fine. On was probably good. Um, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and also not great. But they were all there building it um, for the Westerns in general. Well, and as far as film's concerned, that good, the good, the bad, and the those are very important historical films. So Those spaghetti Westerns, definitely. And actually, In a Valley of Violence is a fairly new movie. I think it came out in 2019, 2020. Um, but they do, like, the entire fucking intro... And a lot of the movie in general is built kind of like that spaghetti western. Um, so we're going way fucking off topic, unless you consider films movie choice. choice. Films demonstrate that's a different kind of choice because yeah. that really there's like, and I mean this literally, like optics, like because films are all about the point of point of view. Yeah, film is is an art form that still exists as art, I think. Yeah. And you... See, I don't know now, after watching a lot of the shit that I've watched with regard to algorithms and them pointing you in a certain direction on YouTube and all of these other things, like, most of the shit they recommend to me on Amazon... Prime uh, for movies and Netflix for movies are just complete horseshit. Yeah. Like I have no fucking idea why they recommend them to me, but now I've kind of got to wonder, like, unless I seek a specific movie out, like if I'm just flipping through, you know, whatever comedies or are they guiding me to that now? Is that the algorithm telling me, oh, well, he's half fucking retarded, and if, you know, he's been drinking his tea, he's really going to like this one, but <laughs> if he's been drinking booze, he won't like that one at all, and he'll like this one. It, do you know what I mean? Of course. Like, so, when we're talking about computers and algorithms and all of that, I wonder if they're really making the choice for us again. But it's, I mean, it's a, but yeah, it's a, it, and that's a that's a different kind of question than just like a corporation because you're this is where we get back into the who made who kind of like uh, artificial intelligence like this space where uh, your consciousness is actually being directed based on a random number generator blah 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 you know an algorithm again like what's the tendency of my mind like right I I mean I don't you know I just don't think there's a lot of algorithms for somebody who like 
is a like a, a Marxist. Well, and maybe that makes it hard because like I don't go through like I know a lot of people say, oh, well, I really liked this on Netflix or I loved this. And so that kind of helps them decide what you're going to like. I mean, based on certain things, actors, maybe directors. I don't know how, again, I don't know how the algorithm works because that most of that is proprietary shit to Netflix or Amazon yeah, or whoever. Yes. Uh, YouTube. Right. The same shit. But if you are clicking those, then supposedly they have a better idea of what you're actually going to like. And so that narrows the choices down and makes things more accurate for you. But I still don't know. Like on Netflix, it always says 97% match up in the corner. And yeah. I'm like, how the fuck yeah, did you figure that out of 100? This is well, part, part in the it, 97th percentile. It has to do with groupings, right? I mean, like if you like if groupings you, with regard to genre. No, 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 no. So, like, you watch Reservoir Dogs, you watch uh, The Last Samurai, you watch... um, In the Line of Fire. In the Line of Fire. What TV shows? uh, The Walking Dead and... Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. So, like, this, these 37,000 other people all watch those five things, too. So, we're going to make this suggestion to... To, to you. Oh, but, but also, so I'm watching. They're recommending the shit that other dildos are watching. Yes, yes. Other dildos. So right. I am just a dildo in the, the 97%. Yeah, like, <laughs> like in the group of other blue dildos with a little, you know, thing down on the bottom that right. kind of tickles the clit, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Um, I have no idea where to go from there. But, you know, actually, we're at like an hour and six minutes coming up. That's funny. So should we round it out? Are we done? Yeah, yeah. I think we got, you got anything we got, else you want to well, say. What are we going to do on Wednesday? So Something. Um, well, so on Friday, we are going to do... Never mind, because that was a different thing. We were going <laughs> to talk about the, the appropriations yeah. bill for the military, but that was if we were going to do appropriations today. Um, I don't know. There's got to be some fucking... Actually, you know what we should do? What? Is just in the next couple of days, roll through Netflix or Amazon or HBO or whatever and see what they recommend for us. And then we can talk about those. Okay. And we'll talk about the ones we've seen and talk about the ones that we haven't seen. Have you watched... um, Because that's choice. I mean, at that point. Did you you see that Japanese Alice in Wonderland thing that I told you to watch on Netflix? The game show? No, 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 no. It's literally like, uh, and they have, they have. Oh movies. no, I know what you're talking about, but they're. I think they're doing a movie or a show called All of Us Are Alive or something like that on HBO now, and it reminds me of the Korean zombie movie that or show. I still haven't watched the uh, the first uh, the um, Train to Busan. I need to watch that at some point in time. But 
there's this awesome show. It's a Japanese show where people end up going down into this weird Alice in Wonderland world. And they have new uh, episodes for that that just came out at the beginning of last month. But I won't watch those until um, Bean gets back. So, so whatever. 90, we'll look at we'll look at the percentages. We'll talk about. But if we're going to do that, we have to at least watch one or two of the ones that we would not have watched based on the ninety-seven percent thing. Okay. Well, so let's call the percentage because Netflix is always recommending shit to me from you know, 75% and up. So what are we required to watch for Wednesday and what aren't we required to watch? So we need to look at the numbers. Anything over 80? Anything over 80, that's that's a suggestion. So we just look at it, right? But we need to we need to actually, any something, I think in the high 90s that it's telling us to watch something that is supposed to be a dead deadlock, but that we would not have watched otherwise and see whether or not it's any good. Okay, that's fair. I'll do that. All right. Solid. Testing the algorithm. That's that's what we're doing. We're testing the algorithm. Yeah, we're testing our fucking choices on Netflix. See if we like them, see if we don't. Um, but that goes, because HBO does the for you thing too, but it's not a percentage. So look at those and see if okay. you'd watch them or not. Um, all right. Well, this bus is done. I think we've talked way too long. 720334 roll. Short bus debate club at yahoo.com. See you Wednesday. Adios.